0: somebody. I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors here at Focus 314. And and today we are in a series, our summer series. and It's an extended series called Name Droppers. We're, We're learning from people in scripture. We're learning from their past to prepare us for our future. Because I believe with everything inside of me that God cares more about your future than he does about your past. He loves you so much that he brings healing, redemption, and restoration from your past. But let me tell you, he's not holding your past against you, so why are you? He wants to help you get past your past and prepare you for an amazing future. And so that's what we're doing is, is we're learning through this process how to prepare for the future that God has for each and every single one of us because I believe with everything inside of me that God cares so much about your future, that he has a future in store for you that is exceedingly and abundantly more than anything you could ever imagine. Exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever imagine. That's the life that God has for you. So uh, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to go golfing uh, in Florida. And uh, and I was invited to this event and we had an opportunity to go to uh, a private golf course that, that it's not something that I would be accustomed to. Don't think that I'm going to, like, private courses all over. I think that it, was, it was a, a once-in-a-lifetime deal for me, and I was invited by it. it. was a friend of a friend of a friend, that kind of thing. And, uh, and we get to this golf course, uh, private, all this stuff. Had a caddy. Anybody golf with a caddy before? Like, and your, your kid does not count, okay? Now, like, had a caddy with us, and I was like, I was like, this is something... This is something else right here. And so, so one uh, on the third hole, actually, I'm, I'm at the tee box, and I'm getting ready to, uh, to tee off on, on the third hole. And all of a sudden, my caddy, uh, before I'm getting prepared, he goes, he goes hey. Uh, he goes, hey, look over there. Uh, and he points to another hole, whichever one it was. He's like, hey, can you see over there? And I was like, well, I don't, yeah, I can see. But what am I looking at? And he goes, that's Dan Marino and Chris Carter. <laughs> Dan Marino and Chris Carter that they were over there. And so later on that day, I'm talking to a friend of mine on the phone, and he was like, so what, what were you doing today? And I was like, oh, I was golfing with my good friends, Dan Marino and Chris Carter. Come on, somebody, name droppers. We're dropping some names during this. But here's the reality of it, is that I never would have seen Dan Marino and Chris Carter if I wouldn't have had my focus brought over to them. I didn't even see them right away. He had to be able to point out exactly where they were so the question that i have for you this morning is this where is your focus where is your focus because i believe i believe that your focus will determine your direction and that your direction will determine your destination your destination is your future where is your focus Because your focus determines your future. So where is your focus today? What is it that you are occupying your mind? What is it that takes the majority of your thoughts? Where's your focus? What are you focused on today? And so what we're going to do today is we're going to learn from two individuals. Not just one, we're not... We're not just going after one person today. I, I got to golf with Dan Marino and Chris Carter. So we're going to have two people today as well. We're going to look at two individuals, two leaders, two kings, to be able to see where their focus was. First one that we're going to talk about is a, is a guy, powerful king, funny name. His name was King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. Tremendous empire. God used Babylon to be able to teach a lesson to the Jewish people because they had walked away from God so much that he said, okay, you're going to go into exile. And that was the Babylonian Empire and King Nebuchadnezzar was that individual. So what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna look at a narrative told in Daniel chapter four. And Daniel Daniel chapter four is actually told by King Nebuchadnezzar because he wants to be able to show us where to put our focus. Yeah. And so we see in Daniel 4 the narrative is spoken through King Nebuchadnezzar and we're going to pick it up right here in chapter 4 verse 4. I Nebuchadnezzar was at home in my palace contented and prosperous. And I had a dream that made me afraid. Hey, here we go with some dreams again. <laughs> Last week we talked about dreams and if you weren't here, I would encourage you powerful message on how our dreams, God's plans for us, are bigger than our dreams, even for ourselves. Go back and watch that one. It was powerful. We're talking about dreams again. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream this time, and it was one that he if it, it terrified him for whatever reason. How many of you know that that the night, when the night comes, that it seems like it's the darkest, right? Physically, the middle of the night, it's the darkest, but it's also the time when it seems like our souls and our mind are at the darkest time as well. There's something about the night that is coming after us, attacking us, and, and that's where Nebuchadnezzar was as well. He was at the night, and, and he had this dream. Woke him up, and it terrified him. So he calls all the people around, and he says, Hey, all of my wise men, tell me what this dream means, because I don't want to, like, I'm scared of the dark now. You know, and i gotta, I got to sleep with the nightlight on, and, and, and that's a little bit hard, because because that's one dude just sitting there with a the lamp the whole time. You know, like, they didn't have electricity at that time. Somebody understood that joke, all right? Like, He's like, tell me the, the meaning of this dream. Nobody can tell him the meaning of the dream. So finally, he says, Somebody go get Daniel. Somebody go get Daniel. And so, so they get Daniel, and, uh, and we see this right here in the next one. Finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream. And he is called Balthazar after the name of, of my God and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. Now let me pause really quickly and say this. When you have said yes to Jesus, people can, they will, and they should notice a difference about you. People can, they will, And they should, notice there's something different about you. And you want to know what that is? It's the spirit of the living God living inside of you. When you have said yes to Jesus, something miraculous happens. That the same spirit that raised him from the dead lives and resides inside of you. People can, they will, and they should notice something different about you but there's also something very powerful here as well because Nebuchadnezzar even though even though he noticed it the spirit of the holy gods is in him he was convinced but he wasn't converted he was convinced that God exists he was convinced that there's something different about you, but he wasn't convicted to change his own ways. He wasn't converted to be able to follow Jesus himself. And there's some of you that are sitting in here today and you are convinced that God exists, but it hasn't brought you to a place where you are convicted of your own sins and you hand them over to God and you become a convert yourself. You're convinced that God exists, but I ain't got no time for that right now. I've got bills to pay. I've got a life to be able to live. I don't have time for esoteric spiritual thoughts in the matter. Sure, he exists, but I'm too busy living life on my own. Are you in here convinced, but you're not doing anything about it? That's where Nebuchadnezzar was. The spirit of the living God was in him. But I didn't do anything different on my own. Are you convinced? Why haven't you done anything about it yet? That's where Nebuchadnezzar's at. That's the life that he's living. Why is this narrative in here today? Why is this story? Because we want to be able to learn from his past to prepare for our future. And I believe that the biggest future that each and every single one of you have is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I know, because I know what my life was like before Jesus, and I know what my life is like right now, and come on now, I'm telling you, it is so much better with him than without him. Don't just be convinced, follow after him. Make the choice inside of your own life to say yes, and say yes today, say yes today. I'm telling you, your life will be better. So he tells Daniel the dream, and Daniel's thinking to himself, i don't I don't want to tell you what this dream means this dream right here that you had he tells him the dream and this is what the dream is Nebuchadnezzar had this dream that that there's this there's this amazing tree I mean a a tree like this is this is the biggest tree that like, it reached up to the sky all the peoples of the earth could see this dream come on now it's a it's a it's a dream all right now like it Don't think about, well, they can't do that. It's a globe, right? Like, it's a dream, okay? All the people could see this tree. This tree, the branches spread out so far that it brought protection to all the wild animals. The fruit was so magnificent magnificent, that it brought provision to all the people that were around. This tree was wonderful, but then all of a sudden, something happened. That this messenger comes down from heaven and says, we're gonna cut this tree down we're going to chain it to the ground and it's going to be there it's going to grow the grass around it's going to grow it's going to be able to have the dew fall upon it and it's going to be with all those wild animals that was once bringing provision and protection around it and he's like what does it mean and, and Daniel's like I don't I don't want to tell you the I don't want to tell you what the the interpretation of this dream is and and King Nebuchadnezzar's like come on now I got to know what does this mean and so Daniel tells him, he answered, my Lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. See, the tree that you saw, the tree that you saw, uh, which grew large and strong in its top, touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, beautiful leaves and abundant fruit providing for all. It seems like he's buttering up a little bit right now, right? Like he's like, this is amazing. And I, I wish so much that this didn't apply to you, but unfortunately, and he continues, and he says, can I get the next one? There we go. Get the next one. Giving shelter to the wild animals and having nested places of bread. Is your ministry? Is it, you are that tree. You are that tree. It was magnificent. It was wonderful. You're that tree. You provided all of these things, but unfortunately, the other side of it is this. Go to the next one. This is the interpretation. And this is the decree of the Most High as issued against my Lord the King. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox and be drenched with dew of heaven. This is the most powerful man on the planet at this time. Babylon was the largest kingdom and he is ruling Babylon and he tells him, Bad is going to happen to you. You're going to be driven away from everything that you hold dear. All of this is going to go away. And seven times will pass for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone He wishes. You believe that you provide protection. You believe that you provide protection. Provision, but it is God and God alone who is the one that provides for us and the one that protects for us And the command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored for you I'm here to tell you this no matter what is going on in your life. There is redemption and restoration At the hand of Jesus for you You are never too far away He says then your kingdom will be restored to you when when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and God was telling him, this is what is going to happen if you continue down the path that you are going down. And the path that he was going towards, and the issue that Nebuchadnezzar was dealing with this morning was the issue of pride. Pride was setting in to Nebuchadnezzar. Do you want to know what pride is? Pride is the complete focus on self. When everything that I'm worried about in life is all about me, my issues, my responsibilities, what I can build, what I can gain. It was all about pride. Pride. And some of you in here today, you might think, well, I don't don't have pride. I'm thinking less of myself all of the time. But the problem is, is that it's a complete focus still on the self. That your focus is still upon you. What you don't have. What you are longing for. And that is an issue of pride when it's all about you. He was sitting there saying, King Nebuchadnezzar take the focus off of yourself and he gives them a warning and this morning I'm giving you a warning if you're sitting in a place where your focus is completely upon you and and all of your thoughts and all of your emotions and all of your problems and all of your issues and all of the the things that are going on and stuff, and that's what consumes all of your thoughts Daniel gave him a warning And this morning, this is something that should resonate inside of each and every single one of us. And this was the warning. He said, so King, take my advice. This morning, I'm asking each and every single one of you, please take this advice. He says, make a clean break from your sins. Start living for other people. Uh, This passage, I actually took from, from the message this morning because I just love how concise and how it speaks to us. Make a clean break from your sin. Make a clean break. Because what, what pride does is pride pushes us away from God. And we fall into our own sin, which sin is pushing us away from God as well. So make a clean break from it today. Just stop it. Seriously, like just, well, it's, it's hard. I know it's hard. It's so hard for me to make a clean break from it because, I mean, it seems like everybody else is doing this too. All my friends are, at least. Well then, here's what I'm going to tell you today. Get new friends. Hey, what? You want me to leave all my friends? If they're pushing you away from the direction of following God, yes. Just stop hanging out with them. Stop talking to them. Ghost them. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They answer my test. That's called ghosting, okay, people? Not answering a text. I know you got that text. Don't act like AT&T was messed up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get it, right? Just drop them. If they're pulling you away from God, absolutely. Get rid of them because they're not a friend. They're an anchor. Well, it's so hard because all of my temptations are what I face when I'm at work, at my job. That's where I face all of my temptations. Then quit. Wait. Did you just tell me to quit my job? Yes. If your job is holding you back from following Jesus, you need to quit today. Don't think that God's not going to bless you with another job if you're going after him with everything that you have. He will. If your job is what is holding you back from a relationship with Jesus, make a clean break from it right now. Absolutely, make a clean break. Stop going after the sin that is pulling you away from serving God. I don't know how more plain we could be on that, right? It's just what it is. And then he says, and start living for others. Come on, somebody. Start living for other people. The blessings that God gives us are not for ourselves, but so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. Right. One of the core values at our church is to be a generous church. Right. God tell, he tells us, be generous and willing to share. It's a command that he gives us. And we as a church, we want to be able to lead that as an organization. Lead you, show you, be an example to each and every single one of you of what that means to be generous we think about other people what did we do last week last week we just had the principal of our school and we had three teachers that came up here and we were able to bless them with three thousand dollars to help make over a room come on somebody how powerful is that all the other stuff that we gave them it was so good in fact they were i'm telling you they were blown away one of the teachers had a. Uh, they had a, one of the students, they had all of their students write uh, some thank you notes. How great was that? Like, that's so cool. Uh, they, uh, thank you for that teacher that does that. I am horrible at thank you cards, <laughs> just to let you know. But it says this, it says, uh, Dear Focus, and this is from a student. I love this one. This is so great. Uh, thank you, Focus, uh, for giving us supplies and really, really cool stuff. Come on now. That's all that needs to be said. That's what I'm talking about. The greatest thank you card ever written. (laughs) Our principal uh, sent us an email uh, this week as well just to let us know how much they were blown away. And It says, says, thank you so much for your generous donation to our makerspace and for always supporting the purpose and mission of our school community. I've always been blown away by the hospitality of your church community, but this topped the cake. We were speechless. Come on now. We value our partnership with Focus 314, and we look forward to many opportunities to collaborate in the future. Come on now. How powerful is that? So good. That's so good. Make a clean break from your sin. Take the focus off of yourself and put it on other people. And then he doubles down. He doesn't just say it one time to Nebuchadnezzar. He says it again. He doubles down on this advice. He says, quit your wicked life. I'm going to double down on you this morning. Make a clean break. Quit it. Stop doing those things that you know pull you away from God. Stop talking to your wife the way that you know is destroying your relationship. Just quit it. You know it's wrong. You know how it makes you feel even when those words come out of your mouth. So stop it. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Because it's so important for you to follow after Jesus. Quit it. And then he doubles down again and he says, and look after the needs of the down and out. I just doubled down on being so forceful, on having you change your life, why don't we go ahead and double down on some generosity this morning? And some of you are like, what's going on now? <laughs> we want to double down on how God tells us to live. So I'm here to tell you that just last Sunday, that somebody had a prayer request that they wrote on those cards, those guest cards that every single one of you receive, and at the bottom of that is a prayer request. And as those offering buckets go by, you take that prayer request, you put it inside of that bucket, and somebody had a need last week. Somebody who was going through a difficult time, through a difficult financial situation, and, and they said, and now my car is broke down. How many of y'all know that's when your car breaks down, right? Yeah, sure. That's when the car breaks down. And they, they only have one car in the first place, and now they're sitting with this situation, and they're like, I don't, we don't know what we're going to do. So God, can you please perform a miracle? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all know that on Wednesday that we had somebody donate a car to our church? And so today, we get to be able to bless somebody with a no car. Come on now. We're going to double down on generosity. And if you do this, if you live this way, you're going to continue to have a good life. A parasol's kind of sauce life. A life that is exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever imagine. That's the kind of life that God has for you. If you turn away from your pride and you put your focus on Jesus this morning, where is your focus? Is your focus all about you or is your focus on him today? Please take my advice. And put your focus on Jesus yeah. today. But there's some of you in here that, unfortunately, you've heard it before. Like I've heard this before. I know. I know that I'm supposed to be able to turn away from it. I know. I feel it inside myself every time. I I know, but I really want this thing. I know I shouldn't think about myself, but I really want it, and I'm going to strive after that more than anything else. Some of you in your day, you're like, man, I've heard this before. I've heard this this Jesus thing before. know what it's like to be able to follow God. But you know what? It doesn't seem like my life is, it doesn't seem like it's falling apart right now. Why don't I just go ahead and keep living the way that I'm living? Why don't I go ahead and just keep making the exact same choices that I've always made? Because it seems like it's brought me here, so I'm sure that I'm going to be able to take another step. I'm sure tomorrow is going to come for me. So what difference does it make? I've heard all that before. So what difference does it make? King Nebuchadnezzar was in the exact same place. He was convinced, but he wasn't convicted to change his ways. And an entire year passes by. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Look at how great this place is. Look at this. Look at all that I have built. Look at this wonderful empire that I have built. Look at all of this by my mighty power and the glory of my majesty. And no sooner had he said those words, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came down from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You might be sitting there thinking, hey, it seems like everything's going just the way that it always did. Just like where he was at. Twelve months passed. Because you know what changed for him? Unfortunately, nothing. And all of a sudden, you're in a place where you're thinking to yourself, how did this all fall apart? It seemed like like I I was doing the same thing that I always had done. Why is my world falling apart for me right now? Because this is the direction that your life had been headed. He was continuing down this path and finally got to a place where it all fell apart. You might be sitting in the middle of that even right now. Where all of a sudden, your world is falling apart. Because I'm here to tell you that when your focus is building your own palace, what you're actually building is your own pasture. Because that's all this world is. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And your pride is just fertilizer for a pasture. All this stuff that we're worried about, concerned about, that takes all of our focus away from Jesus is just fertilizer for a pasture. And if you're too busy building your own palace, what you're actually building is your own pasture today. I didn't realize that I was down this path. And now I'm sitting in this place where it feels like my world is falling apart. I've been exiled from all of my friends. Everything that I once held dear is now gone from me. And you're sitting in a place where you feel utterly and completely broken. That's where Nebuchadnezzar was at. He lost his mind. He went out and lived with the wild animals. His hair grew mangy. Claws like talons. Eating and sleeping out in the wild. Because when we're too busy looking around here, we put the focus completely on ourselves. Where is your focus today? But The great news is, and the redemption of King Nebuchadnezzar is that you can change your focus right now. And after seven years passed. A moment happened of clarity, and he turned and put his focus in a different direction. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, I raised my eyes towards heaven. I raised my eyes towards heaven. He put his focus upon the creator and sustainer of the universe. Instead, upon himself and upon what he was building. He put the focus upon God. And when he did that, his sanity was restored. I'm here today to tell you that there is restoration available for you. That there is redemption available for you today. And it's when you put your focus back on Jesus that you might be in the middle of a broken situation. You might be feeling that you yourself broken but there is restoration for you when you put your focus back on Jesus stop looking around down here and start looking up today and then I praised the most high come on somebody I wish somebody would praise him today because what had happened inside of Nebuchadnezzar is in a seven-year time period as he had lost his mind that he got to a point of clarity where instead of pride being inside of himself that he was full of praise come on I wish somebody would praise him today that we move ourselves away from pride and we put ourselves in a place of praise you want to be able to put your focus off of yourself Begin to praise him because that's the difference between pride and praise is that pride is a self-focus But praise is a God focus today that pride is all about self-worship But praise is all about a savior worship today I wish somebody would get excited about what God has done inside of their life and begin to praise him today to move from pride to praise and put the focus Back on Jesus today. That's what Nebuchadnezzar walked through. Watch his story. Don't go through a time period of seven years in the middle of nowhere, but you are following after him today. I don't need to walk that path myself because I saw what it did in somebody else. And so I'm going to choose a pathway to Jesus today. And I'm going to begin to praise him in this moment. And when that moment of praise, when he put his focus back on Jesus Instead, in that moment, here is what happened. At the same time, my, my, my sanity was restored, that there was restoration for you today. My honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out. I was restored to my throne and became even greater. Somebody say greater today. Even greater, that there are greater days ahead of you. That there is greater in store for you than the life that you are settling for in this moment. When you get your focus off of yourself and you put it back on Jesus. That's what God has in store for you. And then he says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, I will praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven. I will praise and exalt. I will praise him. It doesn't, I, there is no way I'm going to let the rocks cry out for me. I will praise him With everything inside of me why because of everything he does everything that he does I praise him for what he has done and I praise him for who he is And he will he will be with me And he is able to walk And those who walk in pride he is able to humble And I go before him Full of humbleness Where's your focus today Don't be full of pride Be full of praise in the moments and praise him today. Some of you might be in here, and you might be thinking to yourself, but praise is difficult. Isn't it sometimes? Like praise is is hard. It's It's not easy to praise God. Like, because I don't know. I mean, Pastor, like, you're up there, like, you're going crazy at times, but but I'm back here with everybody else, and I'm worried about what everybody else is gonna think about me. Right? Let's be honest. We do. We think about what other people think about us. Are they gonna think I'm I'm weird and crazy? They're gonna think I'm like, what's going on with that guy over there? Are they gonna think that? Like they might. I get that. Praise is hard at times because. Let's just be honest. There are times I don't feel like it. Right? I don't feel like it. Let me tell you something right now. There are two times. You can break it down. Two times to be able to praise God. When you feel like it and when you don't. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you that when you don't feel like it, that's when you need to do it the most. Because then it's not about you at all, but it's all about Him. And it's a sacrifice of praise that I am offering up to Jesus today. I know that praise is difficult. I know that it can be hard. I know that there are times that we're worried about what people are going to be able to think about us. I know that we don't feel like it. I know that we just got in an argument with our spouse or somebody else or we just rolled over on the wrong side of bed. I know that it can be hard. So why don't we go ahead and learn from another king of what it's like to truly be able to praise? And we're going to learn how to be able to praise from a man named King David. I'm going to tell you today, King David knew how to be able to praise his father in heaven. See, King David, that God had anointed him to be king over Israel. And he was trying to be able to build a kingdom so that people could have protection and provision. But what he understood is that he wasn't building his kingdom, that he was building God's kingdom. And so he's building this great city, uh, the city of Jerusalem. He's building this city, and he wants to be able to bring the Ark of the Covenant, right? Like y'all seen Raiders of the Lost Ark before, right? You've seen that? You know what I'm talking about, with the little angels sitting there? Well, that's called the, that, that right there, that's where they believe that God was, right there on the mercy seat. And so they wanted to bring in the Ark of the Covenant into the city because he wasn't building his own city He was building God's city. That we're not just trying to build our own church, we're trying to build God's church. We're trying to build the kingdom, and this is just his house in the larger kingdom. Come on now. And that's where his focus was. And so he called for the Ark of the Covenant to be able to come into the city. And when the Ark of the Covenant, when the Ark of the Covenant had finally come in to the city, I got to tell you what, man, David, David started, he started getting a little bit excited. He knew that it was coming. He knew that the time for the glory of the Lord was able to come into his presence. And he got a little bit excited that he knew what it meant to be drawn in to the presence of the Lord. Because pride pushes us away from the presence, but praise pulls us in to his presence. And he knew that it was coming. He knew that the glory was there. And with anticipation... He was ready to be able to go as soon as his presence was there. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, it says, wearing a linen ephod. Let me help you. That's like a a linen robe. There was nothing between him and everybody else but a thin pair of gabardines. Come on now, right? Like it was nothing, basically. He's wearing a linen ephod. And David, come on now. David knew what was coming in. David knew, and he just started feeling it. He started feeling the presence of the Almighty. He started feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit, and he just started dancing. I wish somebody up here. I wish somebody would begin to feel his presence today and understand what God has done inside of you. And he began to dance. He began to dance because of what was welling up inside of his spirit while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with Shouts. You want to know how, you want to know when the Spirit of God is in the house, when there are shouts of how good that He is, when there are sounds of music going out. That's when you know that the Holy Spirit is there because I can't keep it in. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I don't know how you keep it in because I get excited about what my God has done for me. Can I get an amen today? I wish somebody would praise Him today. I wish somebody would get a little bit excited in here today the presence of God is here let there be shouts let there be music let there be a celebration let there be dancing come on now come on that's what praise is like but well, pastor like like you 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 get going man like you expect me to praise like that like, I see you, like, not even just when you're up here, but even down. Like, we, I know what that's like. Come on, now, is that what you? Because, like, I mean, I know what I think about you. <laughs> and what are people going to think about me? <laughs> right? People will think about you something. When praise starts, there's two choices you can either praise. Or be critical of those who are. What's your choice? David put himself out there. And David was judged as well. Check this out. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city, Michael, daughter of Saul, David's wife, watched from a window. She was busy looking down when she should have been looking up. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. I'm here to tell you today, there might be some people that will judge you. But that's not my problem, and that's not your problem, that's their problem. Let them deal with that. I know what God has done inside of me. I know who he is and how he has changed me. And why would I not give him everything that I have? Why would I not celebrate? Why would I, I want to bring the focus back on me? I want to put my focus on Jesus today. I'm going to praise him. With everything inside of me and let me tell you something that when you have jesus inside of you that you're going to be able to respond exactly like david responded just so quickly when somebody accused him of being a little wild in front of jesus he said this to his wife he said when david returned home to bless his household michael daughter of saul came out how dare you do that man even the slave girls like she was so upset she had to say something about it right And here's how David responded to her accusations. He said, it was before the Lord. I wasn't dancing for you or for anybody else. I was dancing before the Lord who chose me. You want to know why I pray so much? Because I know that my God chose me. Come on, somebody. I know that my God chose me. I know that he chose you. Why would you not want to give him everything inside of yourself because he chose you today? He chose the creator and sustainer of the universe cares about you as an individual. He loves you. He chose you. He didn't choose somebody else. He chose me. And I'm going to praise him. I will celebrate before the Lord and I will become even more undignified than this. Oh, you think that I dance up here now? Oh, come on now. I will become even more undignified than this. I could care less what anybody else is thinking about me. I'll tell you what. I love Jesus so much that I don't want the focus to be upon me that I will completely humiliate myself. That's what David said. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I will completely humiliate myself because the focus is on Jesus today. You want to be able to praise somebody? You want to be able to have that rise up inside of your spirit Stop putting the focus upon yourself and put the focus on Jesus today. I wish somebody would praise him. Come on now. I wish somebody would praise him. I wish somebody would. I don't know why anybody's holding back on this one today. I don't know why you'd be waiting for me to be able to prompt you because I know what he's in, done inside of my life, and I wouldn't be waiting for anybody to do anything. I'd be on my feet. i will be dancing. i will be shouting. i will be singing inside because I know, I know that the Holy Spirit's inside of me, and I praise him for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you want to know why? You want to know why David had so much confidence to respond the way that he did? To somebody who accused him? It's the same reason why I'm not worried about what anybody says about me. It's the same confidence I have in my grace of my Father. I'm willing to be undignified, and I'm willing to be humiliated before God, because I have been broken. Because I have been broken. So you might think that being broken is a horrible place to be. And when life begins to turn and you feel like you're losing all that you have strived to build and then you think to yourself, well, God, where are you now? Why am I losing all this? God isn't destroying you. He's destroying what is destroying you. He's destroying what's pulling you away from it. Why can I? Why can I praise Him with everything inside of me? Because I have been broken. And I experienced redemption and restoration and brought me to a place that is even greater than I ever thought before. So you might be in here thinking, I can't be broken, because that hurts too much. But what you don't realize is that in the brokenness, that that's when God's light shines the most. In the brokenness is when God's light is shining the most inside of my life. But not only that... It takes a broken vessel to allow the light of God to shine in a dark and hurting world. And God is looking for broken people to use them, to create them in His image to be a light into a dark and lonely and hurting world today. You might feel like brokenness is the last place that you want to be and i I'm here to tell you that it might be the exact place that you need to be. To finally take the focus off of yourself and put my focus on the most high. If you're in here today and you're ready and you're willing to say, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever steps I need to go through. I'll be broken for you. But the focus is not on me, but it's on completely on you. If that's you today, church, I'm going to ask you to just stand up and break that, break that stick that you've got. Let it be a symbol that you're being willing to be broken before Jesus today. Let it be a symbol to the world around. And so I'm going to ask you to break it and hold it up before Jesus today. God. I give you everything. I give you my life. More importantly, I've given you my brokenness, that I can take the focus off of myself. I put it completely on you today. In Jesus' name, come on, church, let's praise him right now. Can I get a witness?